0: I want to welcome everybody, uh, if you're brand new that means all locations, everyone, uh, especially even those online, who are tuning in to, uh, well I'm just going to say it, I know I'm not supposed to play favorites, but uh, one of my favorite sermon series that we probably have ever done. I think God has been doing things in this series and I am hearing stories and I got to tell you, if you missed it, it's okay, I'm not, I'm not trying to make you feel guilty, uh, in fact, many of us could have the option to go and watch stuff online and, and, and catch up. But if you've missed it and you're like, can't get to the internet, haven't been a part of this, what in the world are you talking about? Uh, well, let, let me show you a quote that I heard a long, long time ago, but it's all about this series. The greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips walk out the door, and deny them by their lifestyle. That is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. Whoa. I mean, many of us are like, I don't know. It it seems extreme at first. You're like, some of you are sifting through this. It seems like, like, like that is horrible if true, even half true. It's still Horrible. Many of us, maybe you're one of them, has questions and concerns about church, Christians, and God because of the Christians you yourself have encountered. Huh? So we as a church have decided, like, we think that's kind of semi-true. So let's go after this. And I, here's what I think he's going after. Uh, Christians aren't perfect, uh, but we should be who we say we are. I, I think you agree. I'm hoping you agree. I really hope you agree to this, because this is a big deal. And and you could, by the way, you can can be a Christian. Someone says, I follow Jesus, and you will not be perfect. I'm going to try to look at at everybody. You, You will not be perfect, but you can be imperfect, but still be who you say you are. Where where the majority of the time you are walking out, and and I mean the, the major majority, you are actually you you follow Jesus, and you actually are that. So the crux of the whole series is it's not about talking about big church. It's a better me creates a better we. This idea of a church not being full of, I'm just going to say it, if you missed it, sorry, this will seem intense too, uh, a church full of hypocrites. For us not to be that, for us to not be a, a we in, in essence of like, oh, that's not good, it's toxic, it's bad, we're not going the right direction. For us to not match that quote, then, then the we needs to become, what do, what do I need to do different? That's the whole series. The whole series has been about us as individuals, so don't nudge anybody during the sermon. This is about you. Don't take notes for someone else. This is for you. Here's where we've been. If you don't want to be a lukewarm, counterfeit Christian, you need to experience God for real. Like like for real, for real. Not faking it. For, for real. You need to share hope. It's not just for you that there is hope desperately needed and you need to share. You need to know how to follow Jesus. And many of us are like, well, I've got my own idea. Well, if your own idea doesn't match with Jesus' is, you're wrong. Okay? So we talked about this. By the way, if you're like, I need to know some of this, you can plug back in, talk to someone, and find out what we've talked about. But we need to land this with rescuing others. Let's, let's talk about rescuing others. You and I value rescuing others, just so you know. I mean, it's a big deal. You and I have heroes in our lives, probably, where you've got stories that you've, where someone has, has rescued another person. And I want to talk to you a little bit about what this looks like and what's involved in it. Here's the basics of rescuing. Uh, rescues require sacrifice. You know this. I mean, that's, that's an obvious thing. But, but I'd like to dwell on this, that rescues require sacrifice. This is why we have heroes, this is why everyone doesn't seem to rescue because of the sacrifice. In fact, let's use some, uh, some recent history. There, there was an avalanche. I uh, read it. It was in Nepal. And, and sadly, it, it covered this whole uh, pathway. And people, people actually died in the avalanche. They rescued 30. In an article that I read, what was interesting was how difficult as you would expect it would be to be in, in, in these high mountains with an avalanche having occurred, trying to find people. Can you imagine the risk just that's, that the rescuers are taking on? They're giving up quite a bit just to be there and, and, and to actually navigate this. Uh, the military. I mean, many Fountain Springers are a part of the military, and for those who don't know all the stories, like myself, who read the articles about some of the things that you do, <laughs> I'm, I'm aware that the military often goes what we will call behind enemy lines and rescues people uh, that you don't know. Maybe if you don't even agree with them. And many of the storylines that we that are a big deal to us is this idea that, that men and women would, would sacrifice in order for others to actually have a, a new life or, or a safety. That's awesome, right? Perhaps what's on our hearts like very, very recently are the wildfires in Australia. I mean you, I, I mean if you, if you have a smartphone, you you know a little bit about this, right? you, you, you know that. That's been devastating. Uh, the latest that I read, uh, it may be new, uh, that, that there, are, there are 27 people at least who have lost their lives, four of them firefighters themselves. I mean, you know that there have been people from all, you know, all over the world assembly to help fight these fires if you watch any of the stories it's inspiring to hear about the people who are getting involved in the rescue and, and the sacrifices they're making some people are taking vacations from their jobs and, but then if you go even close to home some of you are you're not going to agree with this one but uh, here's what I read in a story Tracy Burgess has 15 possums living in her home including one with paws so badly burned she had to bandage them nightly now, I know some of you are like, too far, too, too far. You love cats and dogs, but you're like, we're not bringing 15 possums into our house, right? I mean, you, it, there's, a, there's a line, and you might disagree. Some of you might even say, like, well, I don't know that's the best thing. All she's trying to do is rescue. They estimate over 480 million animals have died in this wildfire. I mean, it's, it's insane what's going on. And this woman, I mean, I don't know her, you don't know her, but she's like, i got to do something. And, and can, we just, can we just admit that, that like cleaning up the paws of a wild animal on a regular basis <clears throat> is, is sacrificial? In fact, that's why some of us right now are like, yep, and I wouldn't do it. <laughs> hmm. And therein lies the tension. Many of us wouldn't do it. In fact, I need to bring some words together for us to understand. Sacrifice requires generosity. And, uh, okay, I'm going to say it. Many of us are trying to be generous without sacrificing. We want that. We want that to be an attribute of ours. We want this to be in our lives. We would love to be a generous person. And we're trying to figure out how to do it without sacrifice. And so I've got to take these two words, and on purpose if you're wondering, and put them on the same slide and say, hey, they require each other. That we can celebrate heroes, the idea of rescuing others, but let's get in the fact that these people are generously giving time that they're putting their lives on the line and that is flat out generous so let me really get into your business every Christian should be generous if you don't want to be a lukewarm counterfeit Christian if you don't, if you don't want to be someone who's actually denying God by your lifestyle your lifestyle should be very generous. Now, I know some of you just are freaking out in your minds right now. You're like, no, not this one, not this sermon. And can I, if if you missed the series, I I shared the story of, of feeding our our youngest son, Bo, how, uh, right now we'll often feed him with a spoon and and he sees that it's green and looks and smells like kale because it probably is and gross and you know what Bo does is he shuts his mouth like lock down like and 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 i admittedly would say yes i also do not want to eat this at all right and we talked about this how he's not going to get the nourishment if he keeps his mouth shut christians if a pastor brings up generosity and you close your heart, you're likely to not get the nourishment that you need. So whether you get offended when a pastor or a church talks about generosity, would you be willing to maybe consider that there is some nourishment in it? So before you uh, tune me out, uh, hear me out. And many of us have missed the whole heartbeat of what generosity even is. So let's teach on it, okay? Here. here. Um, Generosity is not what God wants from you. It's, it's what he wants for you. Now, I don't know if you've ever thought about generosity as, as a part of what God is trying to invest in your life. If you're a Christian, you're saying, I follow Jesus, my sins are forgiven. This is awesome. It is awesome. And if you're going to learn about generosity, we've got to walk this out because it's not God trying to steal from you. He's not. Uh, so so here's some lessons in this generosity always starts with god always if you've ever wanted to be forgiven for something you've done let's just call it what it is when you've done something stupid and you're like oops and you like crave forgiveness from god do you know that the the god didn't ask for a payment submitted. It, it, forgiveness comes every day. In fact, the Bible talks about in the morning there are new mercies. God is giving and giving and giving and he's been giving to you like crazy even before you chose to receive it. He's been ready and prepped to give to you. Forgiveness, love. You did not earn God's love. You can't, you can try, but you're not gonna do it it's just there for you. God's been uh, unloading gifts on you let me let me take you to the bible finally it says i i am praying that you will put into action the generosity that comes from your faith as you understand and experience all the good things we have in christ now let me teach you this okay this is a big deal from your faith generosity comes from your faith let's talk about this christians if you're not a christian right now sit back and chill I just need to talk to the Christians, the ones who say, I follow Jesus, I have accepted forgiveness, I am going to heaven, and I cannot wait. Your faith. If you are a Christian, here's what you say you believe. You believe that God is the provider of all. You believe that God is the sustainer. He is the almighty God. And your faith says that if you have a problem that you can't resolve, if you have a need, God provides your need. God is the source of all that is good. If you're a Christian, you believe that. That faith in God, in turn, manifests in generosity because you are not living living scarcely you're not going i don't know what to do no no your faith is that god will take care of your needs he may not take care of your brand new whatever you're wanting but he'll take care of your needs and your faith says i trust god if if you're a christian right now and you're like i haven't been very generous i'm not hating i would say okay let's talk about trust do you trust god and many of us are put off by this. Perhaps you've been offended anytime a pastor or a church has brought up generosity, or maybe God brought it up to you a, as a sidebar and you're like, yeah, I don't want to talk about that. Has it ever felt like, here, let me bring it, has it ever felt like the church just wants something from you? Maybe that a pastor just wants something from you? That uh, just people are money hungry going after you, and, and sometimes it feels like God, you know, like, hey, I slipped to some forgiveness, but then it was like, pay up now? Is this not one of the greatest turnoffs in life, uh, when someone just wants something from you? You ever been there? You don't have to raise your hand. Some of you are like, I can't raise. I, no, I don't know what to do right now. I'm not staring at anyone individually, by the way. I'm just saying, as a, as a pastor, I'm going to bring it up sometimes when we think churches talk about this stuff, pastors do, religious, or, or let's even go bigger. When, when, when Walmart or Target wants us to shop there, that it seems like all they want is our money, which might be true. But uh, when we go be, begin to think about everyone just seems to want something from us. Have you ever been in that situation, oftentimes in church, where you feel like that's the agenda? Um, years ago, I told a story that uh, Katie and I were in the mall, and there was a, a brand new truck there. I mean, begging for me to own it. Uh, yeah. I, and and there was this thing where you could fill out a card and potentially win the truck. And I was like, whatever, whatever. So filled it out. Uh, put it in there. And, and they called. Can you believe? They called. They called. Hey, you are a finalist in, in winning this truck. And I'm like, I'm winning in life? Yes. Finally, all the dreams and hopes have come true. This is, this is I mean, it was going to, I mean, it, it, owning a brand new truck, come on. So they said, oh, uh, you come to this meeting, and, 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 and we'll get you a key, and, and you'll, you'll try to turn, turn it and uh, start the truck and see if you win. I'm like, man, we're for sure going to win. God for sure wants this. This is just formality. Okay, so, so we show up, and uh, they wanted, to sit down, wanted us to sit down and listen, probably about you know, what to do with the brand-new truck. So we sit down. They begin to show us pictures of vacation spots. And what they did not know, they were showing us camping spots. They didn't know who they were talking to. The guy who doesn't really care about camping, but anyways, we began to listen. And I was like, hey, man, man I don't want to waste your time. Uh, we're not interested. I believe I said we're not interested 27 to 38 times. I don't know. I mean, you've probably been in this situation. Many of you are like, and we bought it. And no, I'll be like, listen, I'm sitting there going, no, 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 no. Do you want it in a, in a different language? Do you want it in, what do you want the no to say to you? And finally, like I was so adamant, it was getting slightly heated. And finally, they're like, all right, you can go. What about the truck? I was a little naive. They're like, oh. Pulls out a drawer, bunch of keys, gives me a key. And there was this lock. It wasn't even in a truck. I'm like, you're a pastor, you're a pastor, you're a pastor. Do not hurt anyone. Do not hurt anyone. <laughs> so still, I go take the key. Guess what? I, this, it, it didn't turn the lock. I know. And I remember going out to my not brand new truck, uh, Feeling duped, feeling like the whole thing was just to get something from me. And unfortunately, the church has taken the same approach, where it feels like when a pastor gets up and starts talking about generosity, that it's, hey, all this is about is you want something from me. If I've ever communicated that, there's nothing further from the truth. At least I can, I can speak on behalf of Fountain Springs Church. In fact, if you are not a Christian, not a follower of Jesus, or frankly, if you are a lukewarm Christian, let me teach you something here. Uh, before God asks you to give, he asks you to receive. And do not pass this too quickly. If you've never received the forgiveness of Jesus Christ... God's not saying, hey, let's talk about tithing and let's talk about crazy generosity. No, he's like, can we talk about what I've done for you? One of the most popular verses in all of the Bible leads with how God gave up things for you and I, his one and only son. If you read the Bible correctly, you're going to learn something very quickly, is that God always leads with a gift. And many of us Christians, we've passed by. like, well, yeah, that's just forgiveness. Can we stop there for a second? Eternal damnation he dealt with. Do not oversimplify it. And many of us have been treating God that all he does is want something from me, so I'm not going to get involved in this. No, not true. If you, begin, if you begin to get generosity into your actual life and actually play this out, a couple things begin to happen to you that I need to prepare you for. Here's one. Generosity will transform your heart. It just flat out will. It will transform your heart. Let's go to the Bible. And I'm praying that you will put into action. Yes, we've read this, but let me emphasize some things. Put into action the generosity that comes from your faith as you understand and experience all the good things we have in Christ. In other words, to experience all the good things we have in Christ, okay, you need to put into action generosity. You're like, ooh, what are all the good things? There's a lot of good things and it's a long list. But would you be, would you be willing to consider that in order to experience life as God intended you, that there's a posture to take to life called generosity. Here, do this with me. I, I'm, and I am asking you to participate for those of you like, no, no, I want you to participate. I want you to take your hands and I want you to, I want you to make fists like this, okay? Can you do this? We, we should be able to do this. Now, um, can I ask you to make like a good South Dakota fist? Like, not like, mm, no, no, like, 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 come on, come on. Like, pretend like you've got something inside of your hands that uh, you really, really value, and I'm going to try to take it from you. You got me? Okay? We're going to fight for this, okay? So I I want you, uh, just, just, come on. You can do this. Um, Squeeze. Eventually, you're going to start to feel your forearms. Some of you are getting there. You're like, "Mm mm-hmm. Just squeeze tight enough that you can feel your forearms. Just, 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 I mean, come on. This is the approach that many of us right now as Christians are taking to the money and resources in our lives. Here's what I mean. I mean, you're holding it so tightly so no one or nothing can take it from you. You know I mean? Yeah. You feel like you are your, your protector, your provider, so what you earn, what you have, you're like, we got cameras all over it, no one's going to take it. We, go, we, it's, we know, and we begin to, this is, this is what many of us right now are doing. We, we are we are protectors of our stuff right okay now do what you're hoping I'm going to ask you to do open up your hands if you did it right that feels better this is a risky way to live life you know that right Open-handed, but but what if what what? This is risky. This is the approach where you believe that 100% of everything you have is actually God's, and it's His job to protect. It's His job to provide. Just think internally: what posture do you currently take in life towards generosity? What's your posture? And I'll ask you a question. At what point did we start assuming that what we have belongs to us? Do you know that the Bible describes in detail that what you and I have does not belong to us? If you want to know what the answer is, like, hey, like, what, I think it belongs, no, if you think that it belongs to you, it does not belong to you, you are incorrect. I say that with great love. (laughs) Let me help you. If you live this way, if you think you are your provider and that every penny you have is actually yours because you earned it, then you live this way. And the only posture to take is this, where you live life this way, constantly defending, constantly fighting. Sometimes pastors and churches and God saying, don't ask me, don't ask me, don't ask me. It's, I don't have enough, so I'm going to fight, I'm going to fight. Do you know it's the scarcity mentality? If you live this way as though you own everything you have, it all belongs to you and it's your decision on everything. I'm telling you, this is the posture that you're taking. Do you know how difficult it is to be a Christian and live this way? Most of us would agree that Jesus was full of love and that we should love each other, right, anyone and everyone. Do you see how difficult it is to love others with this kind of emotional and spiritual posture that we are like, yeah, I love Jesus. Really? Versus this approach, my hands are open. I can shake your hand, I can pull you up. What is your approach to your money, your resources? And I'll teach you a lesson. We, we know this, but I'll teach it to you. Um, whatever I hold back from God will hold me back. By the way, this doesn't just apply to money. This doesn't just apply to like, he's don't, no, no. Let me. If, if you withhold your marriage from God, if, if everything in, in the rest of your life, you're like, ah, eh, we give that to God, that's awesome, but not my marriage, he can't touch that, that then your marriage is probably going to hold you back. Same thing with job. Um, your, your thought life, a, a hurt, right? Like, but specifically, money. And if you hold it back, if you're saying, God, you can have everything in my life, you can, even, you can have how, how I talk and how I treat others, but you can't touch the money, then that's going to hold you back. The, this series, for, for most of us, has been a lot of fun until now. And can I just bring something up? It's been easy for some of us until now. And I wonder if, if you're pushing back, open your heart and let, let God transform your heart with generosity. But that's not the only thing. There, like I could told you there's two things. There's, there's learn, learning that your heart can be transformed and that's absolutely amazing. But generosity fuels rescue missions. You remember, remember the rescue missions. The sacrifice, the generosity necessary in this. Is, is It it fuels it. In fact, let, let, let me bring you again. I'm not making this up. It's in the Bible. Your love has given me much joy. This is the verses following the whole generosity talk. Your, your love has given me much joy and comfort, my brother, for your kindness has often refreshed the hearts of God's people. You're seeing the fruit of generosity. I know you agree with that, that when someone shows generosity, it does these kinds of things. It refreshes people. It does something in the lives of people. It's a big deal that when you and I are generous, when we give to God, it actually be begins to affect other people. Let me take you to a completely different place in the Bible. Proverbs. A book of, of wisdom. The whole city celebrates when the godly succeed. The whole city celebrates when someone else succeeds. Huh? Someone's like, "Whoa, well, no. How often do you celebrate other people? Let's just, for instance, just hypothetically, say that there's, there's a team that made it to the Super Bowl. I mean, I have never experienced in all of my life the Kansas City Chiefs making it to the Super Bowl. Some of you are like, yeah, just be nice. Just to make it to the Super Bowl is amazing. I'm not, this will shock you, I'm not having a bunch of Broncos fans come up and be like, we are so excited for you. We, it's so amazing that your team made it to the Super Bowl. You see, how sometimes it's, it's not as easy to celebrate what goes on in the lives of other people, right? Come on, some of you are like, hi, mighty. You're like, no, I celebrate the wins of everybody. No, you don't. So when we read a Bible verse, like, this whole city, like, by the way, what's that mean? The entire city celebrates and you just stop reading. You're like, no, they don't. But it's true. So how's it true? Well, you have to read it better. The whole city celebrates when when the godly succeed. This isn't about the NFL. (laughs) This isn't about money. This isn't about accolades. The whole city celebrates when the godly succeed. So now you and I need to talk about, so what happens when the godly succeed? Well, I can tell you about our church. We're not perfect, but we love God. What happens when this group of people, what happens when a godly, when someone who follows Jesus decides like, hey, hey I'm talking about something, this is good news, and you're like, you learn about the success. What is success to us? When someone finds the hope of Jesus, when, when someone actually locks on to Jesus being their Savior, and then you, you amp it up with the whole church, like like, what does Fountain Springs church find like successful? Like what are, what are our success stories? They are not the amount of people that sit in seats. It's not attendance. It's not the size of a building. It's when someone emphasis on the one decides to follow Jesus. We're like, "That's amazing. That's success to us and should be success to a Christian. When the godly succeed, someone goes to heaven. When the godly succeed, someone who doesn't have a meal gets a meal. When the godly succeed, it's when someone who doesn't have their basic needs in life is provided that and the godly have been a part of it. That's success, success. And that's why a whole city can celebrate when a church who actually follows Jesus and actually is generous, the whole city could say, we need you. If Fountain Springs Church were to ever close its doors, the city should be devastated because it would mean that people aren't being fed spiritually and physically, right? So let's go back to where we started. The greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips walk out the door and deny him by their lifestyle. That's what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. I wonder how you you heard it the first time I shared it with you. And I'd like to twist it for you. Don't raise your hand. that don't even physically acknowledge if this is true for you. I wonder if you've ever found yourself struggling to believe that God is real. I wonder if you've ever found yourself struggling to believe the reality and truth of a real, almighty God that is so big, yet He cares about you. I wonder if you've ever been a, in a place where you look up even to the sky, or you cry out inside of your head in a prayer, God, are you real? Are you real? Are you real? If you've ever been there, I can can tell you with my mouth he's real and that he loves you. But I'm going to tell you this. Many of us struggle with the truth of God because we don't apply the truth of God. And I'm going to get in your business. I, I wonder if you've been denying him by your lifestyle, denying that he's real, denying that he provides. And again, I don't push that on you to hate on you and to make you feel guilty. But if you're that, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ and you have not been giving to God, and you've been denying that he is trustworthy by your lifestyle, then let this be the moment that God intervenes in your life, feeds you nourishment that you desperately need and says, quit being offended by this and apply this. And and sometimes in these conversations, uh, people are like, "Uh, do I, do I, I mean, I start with a tithe, Uh, you can. 10%? You begin to give God 10% of everything you ever make? Some of you are like, what? Here's my encouragement. Shoot for 10% and run away from 0%. Zero says everything about your heart. Run away from 0%. Run from it like it's evil. Run from it like it creates atheism. Run from it like you never wanted in your life. That's your next step. So, I think it's time for me to pray for us. And maybe God will uh, help us in this. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, I, I believe that all you've asked us to engage. Um, has been from you lord i believe you have met us over and over and over again god you have engaged each one of us straight in the soul some of us lord i think in this series have uh, just never even taken any step and you've welcomed us into your family god i believe there are others who are are making other decisions to follow you in a way they've never followed you to surrender to you lord would you help those who are surrendering Give them strength and courage for those who need wisdom. Give them, give them the wisdom they crave. But Lord, we do not want to be a church that creates atheists. We do not want to be a church that turns people away from you. So Lord, uh, in the name of Jesus Christ, would you help us be a church? that moves out of being zero on generosity, zero on love, zero on forgiveness. And now would you help us to take a next step? You're worth it, Lord. Thank you for always giving to us first. You are our great provider and we trust you. We pray this in your name, amen.